This is the Hacker Valley Studio Podcast, exploring the human element behind cybersecurity programs and technology. Welcome back to the show, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Thinks Canary. Imagine for a moment, there's an intruder in your network. Maybe they're a red teamer, a malicious insider, or an advanced attacker. They have circumvented your traditional defenses and evaded your most experienced analysts. They believe it's game over for you, your network, and your business. But they find something alluring, too tempting to pass up. Maybe it looks like a Windows file share, a mainframe, a router, or a critical piece of SCADA equipment. Upon accessing what they think is a critical asset, a single high-fidelity alert goes to your team. The attacker has just tripped a Thinks Canary. You can have a Thinks Canary set up in under four minutes, and that's it. Just leave it lying in wait, no ongoing maintenance, and only alerts when there's actually something to investigate. No matter what continent you live on, you are in good company, as there are high-performing security teams on all seven continents that are using Thinks Canaries. These canaries are so effective, Thinks has a love page on their website displaying dozens of real messages from people I know and respect in our industry. Get a no BS quote and learn more about this detection best practice at canary.tools. And when you speak to them, let them know the Hacker Valley sent you. In this episode, we have Graham Cluley. He's a fan favorite. He was on the podcast before, and now he's back to talk about being a gracious loser. Uh, We also talk about some podcasting secrets. And they also give good advice for people that actually want to create their own content, too. With that, let's get right to the episode. What's going on, everybody? You are in the Hacker Valley studio with your hosts, Ron and Chris. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the show. Glad to be back again. And I say again because we have a special guest that has joined us in the past. We have Graham Cluley. If you haven't checked out his previous episode on the Hacker Valley Studio, be sure to check it out. But also, most importantly, Graham is an award-winning computer security keynote speaker, podcaster, and also comedian. We learned that on our last episode. (laughs) (laughs) Graham, welcome back. (laughs) Oh, that's ridiculous. Hello. What a pleasure to be back here in the uh, Happy Valley. (laughs) happy hacker valley (laughs) yeah happy hacker valley good to have you again graham Uh, obviously i set this up because i thought that after the eu blogger awards we're gonna come on here and gloat about how we won (laughs) how we crushed the competition uh but that just didn't happen uh did it (laughs) no it didn't happen for us didn't happen for you guys but there were you know there was some really good competition this year at the eu security blogger awards they've more podcasts and more blogs than ever before some new names up there so it's great to see some other people being recognized i say all that obviously i'm gutted i tried to sound magnanimous i can't hold it back any longer no it's 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 you know hey i think you've got to share it around occasionally it wasn't our year this year but next year next year guys we'll be there right yeah, this is what like fuels champions. It's like, oh, we lost, and now we're gonna come back. <laughs> we're gonna get in the gym. We're gonna, you know, lift some weights. We're gonna Adrian, do some running, some some, <laughs> some rocky moments, uh, and we're gonna win next year for sure. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll be all right. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, 
look, thanks for hopping back on the mics with us. I would love to hear a little bit what's going on with you uh, these days and just chat about it. Well, I'm, I'm mostly hanging out in the podcast Pleasure Palace at the bottom of my garden, where I record my, my weekly podcast. I mean, you know, I'm not going out giving talks and things like that. Obviously, I'm blogging away because the world of computer security never ends. I did. Oh, I did have one strange, one rather curious incident happen to me in the last week, which was I've been having a kerfuffle with a uh, British security company. I'll, t- I'll tell you the whole story. It all began back in March when, do you know Bob Diachenko? Bob is no. a... He's a security researcher, and he's made quite a name for himself finding exposed databases on the internet. You know, the whole story, Elasticsearch or Amazon. Uh, right. Yep. These sort of buckets, loads of data being left out there and exposed. And he writes it up, and he gets loads of attention uh, about it. And, you know, it's a good story to write about. So, so he wrote up about one particular incident, which involved an actual security company who had made this mistake. And ironically enough, the data which they had exposed on their, I think it was an Elasticsearch database, was actually a database of previously breached data. So they were collecting records from past data breaches, putting it up into the cloud for some purpose. Presumably they were going to monetize it in some fashion with their customers. But they then left it exposed. So other people could download the usernames and passwords, which I think isn't a very good look for a security company. Right. So Bob discovered that. He wrote about it. And I thought, well, that's a great story, isn't it? Because I can, Alanis Morissette, isn't it ironic? So I I wrote about it as well. And I named the company who had done this. And I thought that was the end of it. And uh, then I noticed some of the other people who had written about this particular security vendor had begun to remove that security vendor's name from their reports. And then I also received an email from the security vendor saying, can you take our name out of your report because it's bad for our business? And I, so I replied to them and say, oh, well, I can understand why it might be bad for your business because it makes you look rather incompetent. But could you tell me what actually happened then? Or is the article incorrect? And they said, we're not going to answer any questions. We just want you to remove our name. And this went on for a couple of months with them dangling the threat of legal action against me because they said I was defaming their name. Uh, And they even at one point said, look, if you took our name out of the article, maybe we could do some work with you in future. So they dangled this carrot. I haven't Mm. said that publicly before. They dangled (laughs) this carrot and said, maybe we could work together in future. Just get rid of our name. And I said, oh, that'd be lovely to work with you in future. But let's separate that from the... (laughs) article thing because i really want you to answer some questions or give me a statement on the record as to what happened and uh, they wouldn't give me a statement and they wouldn't answer my questions about what had happened so i continued to believe that what happened was accurate that i'd reported anyway then i got a letter from their lawyers telling me mm. to remove their name and although i think i'm completely right and although i think they can't defend what they've done what i don't want to do is find myself embroiled for weeks and weeks or maybe months in some kind of legal nonsense, which is going to be a huge sap on my time and maybe cost me money as well in terms of engaging lawyers. Right. So uh, what would you guys do? That is a good mm. question. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Like, I, I just, I do not want to deal with legal battles. Yeah. I feel like 
most times no one wins in those scenarios right apart from the lawyers yeah you're right the lawyers they love it right yeah that's 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 their wheelhouse that's how they get paid but for us we're just trying to put out content that's all we want to do we don't want to sit in a law room or we don't want to have mediators trying to figure out all right who's going to pay who like i that's not the business that we want to get into And, and it wasn't like this was an article which was generating me huge amounts of traffic on my site it was fairly inconsequential little article and I could have just removed their name and done it. But there was a bit of me which just thought, well, no, you know, I want to know what actually happened and you shouldn't be able to bully people into doing this. But then I thought, well, you know, I've got better things to do and there's lockdown going on and I'm not going out giving public talks and I don't want to be distracted. You know, I've got to concentrate on things which can generate income for my little business. Um, So what I did was I took their name out. I actually redacted it. I put black blobs where their name was throughout the article and I added an addendum saying, that unfortunately I'd had to remove their name because they'd applied legal pressure, right? Right. I was just going to say, I think what you did was perfect. Uh, I would love to continue with the story. Mm. So so what I did was I then tweeted and said, uh, apologies to my readers, but I've had to remove uh, a security vendor's name from my article because they threatened me with legal action. And I pointed people to the article. Now, I didn't name them, and I haven't named them, it does appear quite a lot of people on Twitter then worked out who the security vendor were. <laughs> and I've given them quite a lot of hassle about this. I believe it's called the Streisand effect. I haven't liked anyone's post where they named them. I haven't retweeted. I haven't commented on the thread. I just said what I said. Turns out, maybe a surprise to you, it was a complete surprise to me. Turns out there's this thing called the Wayback Machine where people yep. can see past versions of your article. Oh, <laughs> what a calamity. What a calamity. (laughs) I wish I could have done something about that. But I guess other people worked that out. So, yeah, so I've been dealing with that. Hopefully that uh, will now disappear. But um, it is a nuisance sometimes how, you know, companies can get in the – we we were just chatting before we started recording. I've had companies in the past. I had another security vendor, actually another British security vendor, who were scraping my content. So I write a blog – I post it up on my website. I pay for my hosting bills. Obviously, those articles take hours and hours and hours every week to write. And I found this security vendor had been taking my content on complete, not just the excerpt, but the complete content and republishing it on its website with a little line at the mo- at the bottom saying source Graham Cluley. Wow. And mm. even, even with your name at the bottom. Even with my name at the bottom. They actually had a different author's name at the top, which was, I imagine, oh one of their gosh. employees who was cussing and pasting in. But it's, on some of them, or most of them, it said source Graham Cluley at the bottom, as if anyone was going to read that content and then click through to my website. It's just like, and this is a big, a big-ish company, a well-known name that's been around for more than 20 years in our industry and was doing that to an independent blog, I was bloody furious with them for doing that. I just thought that's so outrageous, and that they'd been doing it for like three years. They hadn't even asked, hadn't ever paid, so I sent them an invoice. (laughs) (laughs) I see I've been working for you for the last three years. (laughs) So, so that one hasn't really ever become public knowledge. They, they did it, it. It did end up again. See, I had to engage. I actually had to engage an intellectual property lawyer to work with me and to send them some snotty emails and letters. But I ended up getting paid an amount. But it, it's 
galling because, of course, that would have attacked my – sorry, that would have affected my Google juice, right? One of the things I live upon is my search engine ranking. Are people going to come to my website and find out about me? I don't have any ads on my website, but I – I promote myself as a public speaker and I promote my podcast. So any content I write is sort of promoting those. And those guys were sort of riffing off that for years. It just really, I just, some really mean people in this industry. It's just like, mm, guys, yeah. for the sake. And, and we talked on our last episode about just like mm. how long you've been publishing, you know, your own original content. So if they've been doing it for years, that's a lot of content that they have access to. Yeah. You also have your handwritten blog where you have just uh, kind of information about cybersecurity news, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So yeah, so I'm, I'm blogging about anything to do with computer security and online privacy. I've been, I've been blogging, I think, this actually came up this week as well. I, I started off at, uh, blogging at Sophos in 2007. I'd been working in the industry for a long time before then, but 2007, I reckon... I've written round about 6,000 plus, maybe 7,000 articles since then. I don't write quite as much as I used to. I used to write a lot more, but I think, I think I'm slowing down in my old age. But yeah, there, you know, there's a lot of content out there with my name on it. And a uh, little known fact, um, it, you, I'm sure you know this, but you have six days and four hours of total airtime with podcasting too. Oh, do I? Yes, really? 226 episodes. Oh, oh, so that's not just uh, Smashing Security. That must be other podcasts I've right. been on as well. Mm-hmm. Because uh, originally, so if you, if anyone's ever listened to Smashing Security uh, with me and Carol, Carol Terrio, who uh, I worked with many years at Sophos, but now is my co-host on Smashing Security, we, we kicked off the Naked Security or the Sophos podcast way back when. It would have been long, probably 2007 or earlier, maybe. I recently came across some of those very early recordings, and it's absolutely hilarious because we're all terribly formal. It's like the BBC. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the (laughs) podcast. It's a real pleasure to be here in your living rooms today on the wireless. Uh, It's... So think, things have loosened up quite a bit. I, I keep on threatening to uh, play some of that on Smashing Security so people can see how awkward and uh, <laughs> uncomfortable Carol and I were way, way, way back when. But uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's a lot of uh, lot of time, isn't it? But it's good <laughs> it fun is. to come on other people's podcasts as well because coming on your podcast, terrific because I don't have to do any of the editing. Yeah, right. very true. <laughs> <laughs> we were hoping you would, though. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send it to you after uh, we're done. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, so with your podcast now, how, when did you feel like you stepped into your own? Like, was there a, a moment where you're like, this is who I am when I, I broadcast? Or, or was, <laughs> was it such a such a small incremental change that all of a sudden you woke up and you're like, you know what? I'm awesome. <laughs> oh well, I've never woken up and thought I'm awesome. <laughs> I doubt that. That's, 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 okay, I have all the time. Um, <laughs> but here's a funny. Here's a okay. So if Carol was here, she'd tell you this because she'd be rolling her eyes already at self-aggrandizement. <laughs> but anyway, you know how people say, "How are you?" Right? You say, "Oh yeah, I'm good." I always say, "I'm lovely" or "I'm gorgeous." When people <laughs> ask, it's become a habit. So I say, "Oh, I'm gorgeous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm lovely." So it's just an attempt to slowly make them think that maybe I am. But uh, when did I when did I become 
Well, I don't, I don't know really. I, I think um, it, w- it was a strange birth, our podcast, because originally we actually started as a YouTube Hangout, I think it was, or a Google Plus, uh, and then we created audio from it. Because at first we thought we're not going to edit anything because that sounds like too much hard work. We're just going to get together the three mates, me, Carol, and Vanya Schweitzer, and we'll have a chat, and then we'll bung it out there. What an easy, quick way to make content. And then over time, we became more proud. We we dropped the video thing because it wasn't great quality, and we began to edit more and more and more, and the quality mattered more and more. It's still nothing like a a Radio Lab episode or This American Life or a Darknet Diaries. You know, we're not as produced as that, but uh, we're more relaxed than those kind of shows. But we, we, we do think audio quality matters. So if people are taking the time, if they're, if they're investing one hour of their ear rolls to us, and, you know, there's how many thousands of listeners, then I think you have to spend a bit of time making sure the audio quality is decent as well. Mm-hmm. One thing I love about Smashing Security is how light it is, how fun. You know, you all are having a great time while recording it independently or with your guests. I love that. I think, you know, Chris and I, we strive for the same. How has COVID changed everything for you? I know it's changed a bit for us. We're not in the same studio at the ver- at the at this very moment. What's changed in your world and podcasting and blogging since being locked down? Actually, nothing has changed because we have never, ever, since episode one, we have never recorded in the same location. No so, way. Yeah. So we've always been distant. The only time Kroll and I have ever done a show at the same time was we did a little live tour up and down the UK a couple of years ago. We hitched on the back of a security conference, which was going up and down, and they decided, and they said, oh, why don't you come and do a live podcast? And so we sat at the table and we kind of did the podcast live, not for broadcast, but just for the people there. Uh, It was quite an odd experience, to be honest. But it actually works really well for us because we sat opposite each other for 15 years or so when we were at Sophos. And we'd kind of drive each other up the wall. We we actually prefer, (laughs) we actually get on much better at a distance, I think. I think if, if we were in the same room looking at each other over the table, I would see her rolling her eyes at me. <laughs> she would see me going, well, she's got that wrong, you know, giving her face or flicking the V's at her or something if she just made some insulting. It's, so we don't have a video link either. It's purely audio, which I think surprises some people. And some people do think we're in the same room, but we've never actually ever been in the same room. And it's the same for our guests as well. Our guests are remote and they don't get to see us. It's all done via microphone. And I, I actually think that's amazing that they do that because – Obviously, um, I, I've got a bit of a shorthand with Carol, and we kind of know how each other are thinking or maybe where we're going to be going with something. For a guest who's been sort of thrown in there, I think sometimes it can be a bit scary for them to interject and interrupt. Uh, and we always try and encourage them. We say, look, you know, if you've got something to say, just butt in, because otherwise we'll probably fill the gap. So I, I'm always impressed by the, the guests who take on the challenge. You know, what's funny is, when Ron and I, we started, we were always in the studio. We always brought the guests into the studio. And it was fun just from like a, a hangout perspective. Yeah. But I do remember one time I had the worst brain freeze I think I ever had. 
And being in the room made it a thousand times worse because I couldn't find that next word. Right. And so I'm looking at Ron, looking for this word, and his eyes start to dart back and forth. <laughs> like, what What just happened? It, do I need to call a, an ambulance? Like, And like him doing that, looking at his eyes, like maybe pause even longer. It, it felt like <laughs> like 45 seconds. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, my gosh, that, that was terrible. I haven't had one since then. Thank goodness. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, sometimes in person can make things a little bit more challenging, I think. I think so. Uh, and the, the one thing I think is ultimately what what's coming out of all of this is an audio file. It's an MP3 file. So if you're interacting in person, if, you're, if your body language becomes an important part of the communication, that's something which the audience aren't going to get. And so there is a danger that if you are in the same room or if you have a video link, that there might be some aspect of it which doesn't really properly get communicated. So in a way, I, I would be completely lost if I tried to do what I'm doing right now in person, right? If you were sitting opposite me, I would find it a really alien experience. The fact that we've now done 181 episodes of Smashing Security means it's now become pretty easy for me because I'm I'm used to doing it. But doing it any other way, oh, it'd be really tricky. Yeah, I, I know for for us, uh, since we've stopped doing them in person, it's allowed me to be more creative on the podcast. Like I'm able to take notes. I'm not constantly right. looking at someone and you know trying to ingest their full response and interpret their body language. I think there's so much more, especially when it comes to podcasting, about the vocal aspects. Chris and I, we talked on a bunch of other uh, episodes about hiring a vocal coach, but just kind of all the things that you can communicate through your voice, it's untapped. I don't think you guys need a vocal coach. You sound really good. Well, we sound better now because we've been working with a vocal coach for like oh. over a month now. <laughs> <laughs> you should, all you, you should have heard problems. us earlier. <laughs> but there are certainly benefits in recording on separate tracks. And sometimes the mistake people make is that when they bring their mates around to record a podcast all in the same place. Uh, it's all on one track. They, they They might do it all on one track or they don't properly separate the tracks. and that makes editing a nightmare. And I think many people then think, oh, I'll just put it out. And mm -hmm. sometimes things need to be edited to be a bit more snappy or, you know, oh, if we just move that one second earlier, it's so yeah. much funnier. I'm letting out all the secrets now. You see, you think we're oh, funny. Yeah, that's it. We're <laughs> that's it, Ron. Write it down I one got... second earlier. We got it. I told you <laughs> I was taking notes. Thoughts. Wow, how witty those guys are. It's like, no, they were going, <laughs> uh, hang on a minute. I know there's something. <laughs> we will say we got it from Graham. We will not plagiarize. We do yeah. not believe in that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this one second earlier is brought to you by Graham Cluley. <laughs> so what's next for you guys? Do you have any any big plans for this year uh, with the podcast or even with your blog? On the podcast front, we're just going to carry on churning them out. I mean, that's I think it's one of the secrets of success with a podcast, regular release of new podcast content. Frankly, the downloads are a little bit down compared to where they were at the moment. I think that's because, yeah, less people are commuting, I think is just the basic, most basic reason of all. Everyone's lives are upside down. If they're sharing a house with the rest of the family, it's not very sociable to have a podcast blaring out or to put your earphones in. So it's, begin, it's begun to recover a little bit, and maybe that's because lockdown is loosening up a little bit in some countries now. I don't know. Um, I don't sorry, know if that's even a good thing. but. But what we're looking for is we're, we're, we're looking for, you know, just to have fun, really. I mean, it's primarily 
it's not for the listeners. <laughs> it's not for them. You know, it's just, it's it's just about having a fun hobby, you know? It is, it is. And, and I think people can hear if you're doing something just for them versus enjoyment for yourself. Yeah. People can sense when you're having a, a good time. And speaking of a good time, we talked about uh, Gary Kasparov last time as a guest. Yeah. And you, you had put out some feelers for some big guests. Yeah, I did. Uh, you were trying to get. <laughs> did, did you get any of those or, or, or did you turn your uh, your eyes elsewhere? Um, no, we haven't. We did get a reply from one tech celebrity, which was very exciting, albeit it was a reply to the negative, which was mm. Steve Wozniak. We reached oh. out to. We thought he might be quite interesting. But he's uh, busy working on some other project. Edward Snowden hasn't replied to me. No and reply. A, oh, and a God. few, a few others who I won't name, just in case they do show up. But you know what? We we waited a couple of years for Gary Kasparov from uh, asking him the first time. So you know, who knows? Maybe it'll come around sometime. I always love to ask this to my friends, like you, and also just any guests. Really, what problems are you facing this week or this month? What what's been kind of the struggle? that you're going through that you're hoping to over, to overcome in the next few weeks months. Well, the st- primary struggle in my home is that we're all at home and my son isn't at school and frankly I'm pleased he's not at school. They're beginning to open up the schools here in the UK, not his year yet, but it may happen in the next couple of months. Homeschooling is a real challenge because not only is he battling Google Classroom and teachers who don't know how to use Google Classroom, and why should they know? They've been thrown in the deep end as well. But it's just a regular requirement. As I'm the head of tech support in our household, why can't we print this out? Why can't we edit this document? How do you do a mind map? You know, blah, 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 or whatever the project is. So that's, that's the biggest challenge for me. Generally, my work's fairly simple. You know, record a podcast each week blog a bit about computer security as long as there are breaches and hacks and malware and bad guys uh, there's plenty of things to write about there and then i'm not rushing to find new speaking engagements because i i think they will happen naturally when it's safe for them to happen so i'm i'm sort of not panicking too much about that just you know like all of us living day by day i mean the, the world has gone crazy you don't know what's going to be in the news next do you nope not at all you never know what's going to happen in this crazy crazy 2020 we have going on uh you know i I think we've been having too much fun again most of the time we have an episode where people can actually take away something and do something good in their job uh for what about the folks that want to do content creation whether it's writing a blog or starting a podcast what piece of advice would you have for those those folks that want to get started well my approach has always been to do it for the masses. Don't just write. I mean, don't just write for someone like you. I mean, there is an audience for that, but chances are they may not already know what you're talking about. I, I think with computer security, a big part of the challenge is really not educating because that feels like the wrong word. It feels like almost like it's hard work, but helping everybody who has a computer, which is just about everybody, helping them live their life online more securely and more privately. So communicating in simple language, sometimes complicated things. And that's what I try and do when I'm writing and when I'm podcasting is try and making these things simple and not making it a chore. I mean, I've got a very low boredom threshold. And so, you know, if you were to fling me back to 
school now, I'd probably really struggle because I'd, I'd just find it so dreary and dull. But the teachers I remember and the teachers I respected were the ones who made it fun. And so try and make it fun. Try and make it engaging. Try not so much to show people how clever you are and look at all this amazing amount of information I have and how much knowledge I've attained over the years, but actually be clever in the way in which you communicate it so that it gets across effectively. That's what I would do. Podcasting is a really hot thing, and I'm sure loads of people at the moment under lockdown are thinking, hey, this is the time to start a podcast. I heard something like 900,000, is that mm-hmm. right, new podcasts yeah. just came out or something? Oh, wow. It's some, so I, maybe I got that number wrong. I don't know. But anyway, clearly more podcasts are being created than ever before, and it can be difficult finding an audience. So principally, enjoy the experience. I really love the editing part of it, for instance. I, I, I find that time-consuming but really enjoyable, that sort of creativity, which you can do there. So if you're going to experiment and, and do things like that, you know, go for it. But don't, don't spend a fortune buying all the gear until you're confident that uh, you really want to make a, a regular thing of it. I think part of the challenge with starting a podcast or any work that you're going to be distributing to other people, like a blog, podcast, it's difficult to highlight the interesting parts, like the highlighting the fact that someone that you're interviewing on your podcast is a hero in some sense. Or highlighting mm-hmm. the idea that some type of technology is here to save you and your world or you and your situation. What is your thought process on highlighting the hero? Like, do you make that a personal game for yourself? How do you stay so engaged highlighting the interesting aspects? Well, well sometimes I have to try and hold myself back. Like you mentioned, we had Gary Kasparov, who's the greatest chess player of all time on our podcast. And I thought it would be far too easy for me to fanboy over this for 45 minutes, <laughs> which would be dull for everyone else. Like, oh, you do. And as it was, I don't think we even mentioned chess, you know, other than when we introduced him uh, during, right. the, during the whole show, because uh, he has lots of other interesting things to say. But I, 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 I think, you know, obviously you have to be enthusiastic. Obviously, everybody has a story to tell inside them. It's, it's one of the wonderful things about being a human being is even someone who you barely know, you may just be on nodding acquaintance with, chances are something incredible or extraordinary or devastating or dramatic or horrendous or wonderful or beautiful or charming has happened in their life. And they have a story inside them. And if you get to talk to them, there's a chance that it may come out. And so I think people are endlessly fascinating with all their quirks and foibles and problems and failings. Everyone has something fascinating about them. Not everyone's a good guy. Some people are bad guys, but everyone has a story inside them. So if you can begin to dig that out a little bit, then that's great. Or if you're able to give them an opportunity, maybe on your podcast or on your blog post to show some of their personality or be something which they normally aren't. I mean, I've mentioned, I've mentioned a few times, Gary Kasparov came on the show and some people beforehand said, is that going to be fun? You know, he sounds very serious. You know, he's all into Russian politics and stuff. He was an absolute riot, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe the wrong word to use at this moment. But no, he, he, was, he was hilarious. You know, he's a clever guy with funny things to say. And I think as soon as he relaxed and realized what kind of show it was, he was great. And so putting people at their ease, that you're not out to get them, you're not out to trip them up, 
is really important. And once they're comfortable, they begin to shine. And with that, that's it, folks. Grant, <laughs> thank you so much for hopping on again with us. For folks that want to stay up to date with you and everything that you have going on with your podcast, your blog, what are the ways that people can do that? Oh, that's very good of you. My Twitter account is probably where I'm most active. That is at G Cluley, G-C-L-U-L-E-Y. I blog at GrahamCluley.com. It's Graham with an H. And my podcast is called Smashing Security. Awesome. Thanks so much again, Graham. It's always a pleasure and such a great experience to talk to you. Can't wait to have you back again. We know that that's going to happen. And we'll be sure to put all your links and information in the show notes for everyone to look at. And we'll see you next time. Awesome. Look after yourself. 